welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, your weekly glimpse into the life of indie author Paul Teague. Find out how many words got written over the past seven days, hear what's on the planning board, and discover the tips and tools which Paul is using to self-publish his books and get them selling as fast as possible. This is Paul's Podcast Diary, and here's your show host, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Paul's Podcast Diary, episode number 124 for Saturday the 27th of October 2018. So, uh, as ever, no writing news this week, but plenty of bits and pieces to tell you about my author work that I'm doing at present. I just wanted to mention Publish Drive because you've heard a lot of, uh, I don't know, you know, me saying, oh, things are a bit delayed in Publish Drive, but um, I'm shifting an incredible number of books on Publish Drive. Uh, I totted up the, the books, and since I've been in Publish Drive, which can only be no more than three months, probably two, I've shifted 8,208 books on Publish Drive. I was astonished by that. Now, don't get too excited. Uh, those are mostly free books, but that's still a lot of books to be shifting. I posted on Twitter earlier this week because I'd gone into my Publish Drive interface and they'd sent me a little message. They, they put all these little messages in there, which is quite nice. And it said, good job. Your best performing title is the Grid One Fall of Justice, which you'd expect because I've just had the book bub on it. And then it told me that I'd sold 500, I beg your pardon, 5,565 copies of this title in the last 30 days, mostly on Google Play Books, mostly in Turkey. Now, how on earth am I selling books in Turkey? Now, just like Kobo, the great thing about Publish Drive is that you get one of these lovely maps and you can dig a little deeper and see what you're shifting in which territory. And I had a little look and I've, well, I haven't sold. I've given away 1,500 and something books in Turkey. Now, how on earth am I giving away one and a half thousand free books in Turkey? I have not got a clue. But it's very interesting because I went from telling you that I didn't think there was really much to play for on Google Play. This is this is way back when I, I listed native on Google Play. And then I found I'd made some money on there. And that was a surprise, about £100 or something. And I hadn't even realised it because the interface is so poor. Then I had some problems with it and I decided to move to Publish Drive. And now we're shifting uh, loads of copies through Google Play. Now, the USA, as you would expect, is my number one territory on Google Play for making sales but I was fascinated by those stats this week and I, I gotta tell you if you haven't used published drive yet I'm really getting on very well with it so I highly recommend it to you but uh, that's not to be sniffed at is it 8,208 books given away free I, I'm pretty astonished by that and it's obviously helping me reach other territories too so that was very pleasing I've got more good news for you this week because I can't remember. I think it was on Sunday. I just thought, you know what? I'm going to have another go at Google Play. Do you remember I had the problem with the tax interview and in that I'd done the tax interview? They'd knocked it back and said, you haven't done this correctly. And they were holding on to not very much money, to be honest with you, but they were holding on to it. And, and you know, it's like a red rag to a bull to be this. I had thought when I was trying to fix it last time, I had thought, oh, it's just not worth it for the amount of money. But I came back to it afresh on Sunday. And I'll be completely honest with you. I just guessed and, and, you know, I know that I'm, I'm a non-UK citizen, so I shouldn't be paying tax. I've got an EIN number. So I just kind of made my best guess and it went through and I got paid the money this week. It just went straight through. As soon as I got the tax interview done, it went straight through. Now, l last time I had a guess at it, it gave me the money and then it flagged it up as being an issue. Uh, it hasn't flagged it up as being a problem so far. So hopefully that'll be my Google Play 
sorted now because I know I've just got a little bit of extra cash and it's not very much because, of course, I've moved everything into Publish Drive now. And Publish Drive is much easier for getting paid. The tax interview is really easy. Um, but I did have those straggly bits of cash coming through Google Play. And obviously, you know, you're pretty keen to get your cash, however little it is. So that has worked its way through the system now. Now, I do have something very embarrassing to tell you. And this is like the confessional box. You know, I'm, I'm coming in to tell you something extremely embarrassing. And I know people like to uh, sort of enjoy and share the excruciating pain that is my bumbling self-publishing journey. And, uh, you know, if, if if you thought I was just getting a little bit too cocky with these book bubs, um, then I've just been, you know, struck right down to size. Uh, all my own fault. I realised the other day, you know, I was going through all my vellum files. And, uh, and I, when I'd done the files, the updated files for, uh, the grid and for Don't Tell Meg trilogy, I, you know, I take great care with these as you do. But the problem with vellum, when you use it on a PC, it's just very fractionally laggy. And by laggy, um, I mean, if you don't know what laggy means, it means that because you're doing it through a virtual server, when you click something, there's just a very fractional delay. That's what they mean by laggy. Not doesn't quite do everything completely instantly. And I take a great care. But to my horror at the weekend, when I was finishing off all these vellum files that I've now got, I discovered that the second book in the Don't Tell Meg trilogy, ever since I've been doing, I try, I can barely, I can barely tell you this. So it's so embarrassing. But I had mixed the chapters up in the second book of the Don't Tell Meg trilogy. So every version of book two that I've sold, book uh, chapter one was mixed up with chapter two. So you started off with chapter two. Now, the remarkable thing is I haven't had any complaints yet. So I can only assume that no one's noticed. You probably read it and think it's a little bit odd. But I don't think it matters hugely chronologically. You know, I think I think you can kind of work it out. There's, there's nothing drastic happens in the wrong order. But I mean, how many of those have I sold since that since that book? <laughs> And it's all in the wrong order. Well, not all in the wrong order, but chapter one and chapter two. And the reason for that is, is that when I was moving chapters around, you know, I took a lot of care with this, but obviously I was doing so much of the stuff, it just slipped through the net. And it's taken me this long to realise that that's wrong. So when I realised, you know, just think, oh, for goodness sake, Paul, get this stuff right. I mean, I, I suppose every clown has a silver lining. Number one, how long ago was that book, Bub, for Don't Tell Meg? It's a little while ago now. And, you know, the the ground hasn't opened up and swallowed me. Uh, you know, we don't have any legal cases pending. I haven't even got any emails from anybody telling me it's wrong. So, you know, and the reviews, I haven't read the reviews in detail, but the, the top line kind of stars haven't plummeted to one star saying this man's an imbecile. He gets his, his chapters in the wrong order. So... You know, I just hope no one's noticed. I just assume no one's noticed. Um, because of the way I kind of write, I, I think it's, it's possible that you might not. But anyway, you might just sort of think it's me being a bit adventurous with my timescales or something. But I don't think there's anything drastic in there that would mess it up. I mean, I tell you, I can remember, just to give you an example of this, I went to, is it the Bookworks or the Works, I think it is in the UK, and they sell cheap books. And I bought the Divergent series, and the series of Divergent that I've got didn't have the book numbers on. I didn't know what they were called. I was just reading it, I think. I had been to see it at the cinema or something, or I heard there was a buzz around it. But I started reading the book, 
And I thought, this feels a bit funny. It doesn't feel quite right to me. And I, and I was quite a way in before I said to my wife, this doesn't feel quite right to me. It feels like I ought to know stuff. And I was reading book three. <laughs> and, uh, I'd be quite happily reading book three and not realising it. So, you know, I, I guess if you don't know, you just sort of think, oh, this is a little bit strange. Um, so that's what I did with um, The Murder Place. And I'm very embarrassed by it. But I put it right straight away. And I guess this is the the joy of self-publishing, that the minute you know you've had a dull moment, you can put it right. Uh, you know, if you made a spelling mistake, you've made just some terrible error, you can just go straight in and put the thing right. So, you know, the good news is uh, nobody died. Um, and I have put it right now and taken great care with it. But, I, I, you know, when I saw it, I just couldn't believe it because I'd taken so much care with those books. But, you know, there you go. That's life, isn't it? So I've been doing Google advert tests this week and I'm finding I'm doing well actually I, I you'll, you'll listen to John Evans interview it's coming up next Monday on the, the following interview after this diary and I'm talking to John he's doing really well with Amazon ads in the UK and, and John's been helping me uh he sent me some sort of some information to get me started on it and um you know I can tell you that uh, it's a lot easier than Amazon ads in the USA which I've kind of lost interest in given up with because they seem like an awful lot of effort to me and uh, the UK ones are working well so in terms of what I've spent I've spent something like three pounds four pounds and made 29 to 30 back um and but but just like the USA ads uh it's not spending my money I can't spend it fast enough you know that kind of ratio when you get that kind of ratio which is what almost 10 times your money frankly you want to be sticking 3,000 quid on it uh, because you're going to get 30,000 back. That's kind of what you're looking for in your ratios. But Amazon won't let you spend that money. So I am finding that a bit frustrating, especially when it, it seems to be so straightforward uh, in terms of that gearing between what, what I'm spending and what I'm making. So, um, you know, I'm kind of looking at other things and chatting to Sean Stevens f- for the podcast a couple of weeks ago. I, we were just having a chat and I thought, oh, I'm going to try Google Ads again. Now, with Google Ads... You kind of got to do a little bit of experimentation with Google Ads. Same with any advertising platform, really. You, you've got to, you know, there's so many things that can mess it up. Um, image conversion, text conversion, copywriting, so, so many things that can mess it up. And so far, I've tested sending web traffic to Amazon UK, Amazon USA. I've sent it to Payhip, which is where I've got my seven book offer. And then what's the other thing? I've sent it to a web page. Now, um, what I can tell you at the moment is, is that I've got my clicks nice and cheap. So I'm, I'm getting clicks at nine or 10 pence, which is, which is nice and cheap. I mean, I think some people seem to get them cheaper on Facebook, but I'm selling either a box set at 4.99 or one of my on Payhip, a kind of package at, I think it's 6.99. So there's plenty of, plenty of wriggle room in there. So long as I'm, I'm selling, I'm converting, you know, so, so I get clicks, but a a certain number of them are going through to buy. So I'm getting plenty of activity. We're getting cheap clicks. Um, and at the moment I'm kind of working through the keywords and I've seen I'm getting clicks on keywords that really I shouldn't be getting clicks on. Uh, one of the big things I found is I had a lot of movie, movie and film related thriller keywords in my keyword list and uh, I'm picking them out I might come back to them later but I'm picking them out at the moment to just go pure with keywords that kick in for thrillers and crime um but I'm not you know it's not really made a lot of difference in terms of sales yet 
but I am boiling it down. Now, the other thing that I'm going to do and what I've been working on this week is I'm, I think, I think what will work best. And again, I'm going to have to test this to see is a bespoke web page that I build. So I don't think Amazon's going to convert on Google. I think it's going to have to be a nice web page. So, um, I've been kind of chugging along this work on a web page. I just need to find some buy now buttons. And the other thing I've done to test it is, um, uh, I've got, I need to get nice buttons that all look the nice size, the right size so that you can buy my book on the channel where you read. That's where I think I haven't offered that to people yet. So the chances that someone will click a keyword, go and look at my books, and then all of them are going to be on Amazon is pretty low. So I think I need to be able to offer all the options there. So Nook, Kobo, um, iBooks, Apple Books as it is now, you know, all the five main options. And probably I ought to put on there also a books to read link as well, just to mop up all the extras. So um, I haven't got round to this yet. I'm, I'm going to do this over the weekend is to create um, a proper web page that's designed nicely that allows you to buy the books on any channel that you wish. But I'm not going to take you direct to Amazon or something like that because it's quite difficult for me to boil that down in terms of keywords. And the other thing I've done is because I make more money on the big sort of seven pack of books, I've actually listed the seven pack of books this week on all the channels. So my mystery, my thrillers are now listed on Kobo and Published Drive and all the other bits and pieces, because I'm also going to try sending traffic, not directly to pay hit because that wasn't working at all, but to a nice looking web page where you could then go on to buy it on Apple Books, Kobo and all the other bits and pieces. So, so really I'm, I'm just testing this because I want to see if I can make Google ads work. So the early results are absolutely no trouble getting traffic. But is it the right traffic and poor conversion at the moment? So I, that, that's, you know, I, if you're getting loads of traffic, so long as it's the right traffic, the problem's going to be conversion. So I've, you have to take that on the chin and say, right, I'm probably sending them to a page that isn't working. So I need to work on a web page and try and find a web page format that converts. But also we need to make sure that those keywords are keywords that are actually finding book buyers, people who want, who are prepared to buy uh, a book. So. This is what I'm working through at the moment, but I'll, I'll keep letting you know about this because I am actually, I'm running quite a bit of money on this. I say quite a bit of money, not quite, you know, I've, I think I've run about a hundred quid on it so far. Uh, but I do understand that with Google ads, you do have to run some budget over it. Um, and particularly with something like books. And if I was selling a course for 200 quid, um, then I could quite easily have put that hundred quid on it and made one sale and I've made my money back. As you and I know with books, we've got less margin, less profit in a digital book. So I, you know, I accept that I'm going to have to run a bit of traffic over this. It's going to have to be a bit of a loss leader. Um, you know, I'm going to probably have to burn two, maybe 300 pounds getting this right or giving up on it, of course, but I am very keen to do it. I'm seeing enough activity on it to make it worthwhile. And I have done a video over at Patreon, patreon.com slash Paul Teague. If you want to become a supporter of the podcast, I have done a, a walkthrough video showing what I've done there. And when I've got something substantial again to show you with that, I'll put that in Patreon and you can access that if you support the podcast. I think I forgot to tell you last week that I, I'm sure I, I previewed it, but I don't think I mentioned it last week that I'm on John Cronshaw's Stop Booking Around podcast, uh, last week's episode, and I'll put the link on the show notes at selfpublishingjourneys.com. And I'm talking about time management in that episode. And I can't remember when we were recording it, but when I listened back to it, I always listen back to make sure you don't sound too ridiculous on podcasts uh, and to, to catch any bad habits. But uh, John had done a brilliant edit at the end. And I don't remember this happening live, so I'm sure he edited it. But it did make me laugh. 
just a little payoff comment at the end uh, when he, he sort of finishes the podcast, which in, in a way uh, takes the mickey out of what I've just said when I'm talking about ticking things off of the tick sheet. Anyway, have a listen, have a listen to the interview. Uh, hopefully there's lots of tips there on, on time management that you'll find uh, useful. I kind of talk through in great detail how I manage my time, not just work time, but also things like family time and fun time as well, because you know I attribute equal importance to all of it. Uh, but also, as I say, that payoff at the end made me laugh too. It was a nice little edit. Something I've done on the selfpublishingjourneys.com site now is I've put links to all of my MailerLite monthly emails. So you can now view these emails that I've been talking about, not every email that I write, but the monthly emails that I've said have been working really well for me because they're so much more personal. I've put web links to those now and I'll, I'll put a link so you don't have to go hunting for it. You will find it in the indexes, but the index is quite busy on self-published journeys now. So what I'll do on the show notes for today's episode, I will put the, the link to save you hunting for it. If you want to have a look at the last, how many months are we into the year? Oh, we're quite a long way into the year, aren't we? I've done, I must have done nine now. If you want to look at the, the nine personalized emails that I've been sending out once a month to my uh, subscribers, and they've been working really nicely for me, and look at some of the techniques I've used in asking questions. I've been telling you in these diaries about how asking questions has worked really well for me for getting interaction from people who are subscribed to my emails. If you want to have a look at those, you can do now if you're not subscribed to my list. And, um, you know, just if, if it's informative to you, if it's useful just to see what I'm doing, if you want to pinch some ideas from there, um, help help yourself. Uh, but the links at selfpublishingjourneys.com, just look for this episode of the diaries and you'll find it there. And um, I'd mentioned Patreon a few moments ago. I just wanted to let you know that when I do the interview extras, the kind of bonus questions that I'm asking guests. I didn't think that it was fair to charge for those. So what I've done in Patreon is that the, um, people who are Patreon supporters, they, they get early access. So uh, the Patreon questions, the, the little sort of five, 10 minutes I record extra goes into Patreon at the same time as the podcast goes live. But I didn't think it was fair to to make those interviews permanently behind a paywall so what happens is that patreon supporters get three weeks advance access to those interviews so um, i just wanted to let you know now that um after three weeks they automatically become free you can just go to patreon.com forward slash paul teague and there is some free content that you can access there and in actual fact as we as we get going now the first of the interviews has, has become free and you can access it for free now so if you head over to patreon.com whether you're a supporter or not there is some free content there for non-supporters and you'll see that there's a lot of stuff there that's locked out uh you have to become a, at least a one dollar per month supporter to access that material now the reason i'm telling you that is that claire says interview has just gone live so if you head over to patreon.com forward slash paul teague you can hear the five or ten minutes extra i interviewed uh, or i recorded with claire and it's there for free you don't have to be a patreon supporter to access that and every week from now on you will find a new bit of audio there um, on a, I think they usually go live on a Monday evening. So if you go to patreon.com forward slash Paul Teague, say on a Tuesday, you'll find a new bit of free audio there, uh, recorded with the guest who went live three weeks previously. They're all got a three week delay on them. So if you want to get them first, become a Patreon supporter along with all the other content that you get. But, um, if you don't, if you, if you know, if you're happy to wait, uh, don't want to become a Patreon supporter, there is still, um, some content there that you can access for free without having to register for anything. 
Um, I'm going to get, uh, I don't know the final numbers yet, but I know already with a week to go before the end of the month, I've just hit my highest ever podcast download numbers. And in actual fact, the interview with Jonathan de Montfort, which ran on Monday, was the highest um, episode on Downloads Day. So it brought in the highest number of downloads in a, in a day one release for an interview. Now, obviously, the, the joy of a podcast is that it's evergreen. So people are constantly finding it. So it won't be the most listened to podcast, but it, on day one of release, it brought in the highest uh, figures in a day. And I think there's a lot of interest around what Jonathan is doing. Uh, I've had comments from a lot of listeners to this show who've said it's a really interesting model. And then I've also had some uh, comments where people still aren't uh, sure about it. Uh, I um, I am very, uh, you know, I, I'm the man who's into the blockchain, into Bitcoin, all of this sort of thing. So I'm a very early adopter. I love to be all over new ideas and um which is why I wanted to talk to Jonathan I love new stuff I do st- I love stuff that breaks molds um so I'm pr- I'm very pro it I'm very interested in it and I'll be following it with great interest um but it has been a really uh, sort of interesting experience doing that interview because uh, Jonathan's project has drawn a lot of interest as I say I mean I just like to I'm su- I've been surprised at the number of people who've kind of condemned the idea before they've even really shaped it to be honest with you because I've built a lot of businesses and projects this concept of iteration um is very sort of strong in my experience in that you you have an idea a basic idea and then a lot of it you have to figure out as you go along it's very big in software so i've built i've been uh, built or been involved in several software projects and with software you kind of get what's called a, a minimum viable product which is just basically something that kind of works and then you get people into it and using it and then you find all the things that go wrong with it and you fix it pretty quickly and that's called iteration and that's how i view this project of jonathan's got a basic idea when he gets authors in he'll figure a lot of it out um, so it's a real brave new world and you know they'll they'll figure out contract stuff and they'll haggle about this that and the other and then what will happen over time is that he will get a well-oiled machine but that tends not to happen with new ideas right from the outset so i'm extremely interested i'm really pleased we did the interview and i know it's attracted uh, you know a lot of interest that particular interview next week in this diary is going to be the 250th episode that i've done so we reach 125 diaries and 125 interview guests so together that's episode 250 of this podcast now i find that remarkable you you know 250 episodes is quite incredible really isn't it and i'm astonished at that because when you start these things you never know whether you're going to keep them going or not um and we're kind of going strong here aren't we we're kind of going strong i mean where are we with the crypto podcast, we're up to episode 62. So, it, you know, it's incredible. How many podcast episodes? Over 300, 310 podcast episodes that I've done now. So we're really going strong with this. Um, but because it's episode 250, I kind of like to mark the special episodes. Uh, it, it's part of my philosophy of celebrating and, and just marking a, achievements as you hit them. So we are going to mark episode 250 next week. I'll see what I've got in terms of news, but I might just dedicate the whole podcast to this. It's going to be on video um, because I'm going to have things to hold up to the camera. And it's going to be a special episode where I talk about 20 things that I had to do before I finally wrote a book. And I sat down the other day and I just jotted down all the things that have led to me writing. So 
by way of example, it starts with me at the age of nine writing this Mr. Plum and Mr. Apple book. And then there are all sorts of things I've done in between that, all of which have been pivotal in getting me to the point where I am now, which is writing a book. And I've got a list of 20 things. And I'm also going to have props, by the way, because I'm going to show you things in front of the video camera. And I'll probably have to take um, photos and screenshots and put them on the resources page. Um, but I, I hope it's just something a little bit different, a little bit of fun. Uh, I hope you find it interesting. Over 250 episodes, if you've been listening that long, we've got to know each other quite well. And I just thought it might be interesting for you to hear a lot of these things and to see a lot of these things. Um, but it's been a journey that started, I mean, frankly, well before I was nine. But the first line in the sand, the first sort of evidence I've got of, of wanting to write, and I've still got it in the loft. I'm going to have to find it this weekend, ready, ready to record next week, is my story, Mr. Plumber, Mr. Apple, which I will show you so long as I can find it and it hasn't been eaten by mice or something in the loft I will show it to you next week and you'll be able to have a look at it and just see exactly you know you see it in my well actually my handwriting hasn't changed very much since I was nine I have appalling handwriting very unsophisticated handwriting but you'll be able to see it on, on the pad when I did it so I, I just hope you'll find that really really interesting I'm waiting for some photos to come in now um, I, I, the gentleman who's doing this project at the secret bunker, by the way. Um, if you've got a really good memory, you'll know that I got contacted by a sci-fi enthusiast who'd been to the secret bunker and bought uh, the secret bunker one book. Um, we're in exactly the same place with sci-fi. So his, his kind of childhood TV was space 1999, which you probably won't even know elsewhere in the world. It was a UK sci-fi series by Jerry Anderson, who did Captain Scarlet and Thunderbirds and things like that, which you probably will have heard of. Space 1999 is my favourite series that he did. I loved it, absolutely loved it. On a Thursday evening, I think it was, on ITV, 26 episodes. If that's off the top of my head, I might be wrong. And I've got a dinky eagle toy, um, that the spaceships that they used in this thing. It's still in the lounge um, on one of the bookshelves. So that was very influential. Um, also, what was it called? UFO um, and... Uh, you know, other sci-fi. So we're in exactly the same place. And this gentleman contacted me and said, I'd really like, he does um, sort of like radiophonic music. So if you've ever seen the old Doctor Who uh, programs, they've got all these kind of synth noises and effects and things like that. They used to call it the BBC Radiophonics Workshop. I, I assume it, I don't know whether it even exists now. I assume it doesn't. But it was kind of early synths and electronic noises and things like that. And that's how they used to make the music of Doctor Who in the early Doctor Who's, not the present Doctor Who. Uh, the production values are way up in the new Doctor Who, but they were very low in the original Doctor Who. Anyhow, uh, this gentleman contacted me and said, I'd really like to give the secret bunker this process, a kind of mixture of, of music and effects and voices, you know, actors. And um, uh, he's quite shy. So I, I said to him, he went to the bunker last weekend to get lots of sound effects of the, the bunker doors closing and footsteps and things like that which is going to mix in with his music and it's just so exciting he he, he sent me an email and said oh I've I've now created um, a special theme tunes for each of the books so you've got um, I have to remember the names of my books uh, was it Darkness Falls is book one The Four Quadrants is book two and Regeneration is book three so he's created theme music for each of the books and he's getting actors to do um, spoken pieces and he's got the sound effects now and he was just describing the the beginning the music where he's worked on where the um the it's the opening scene of book one where um, a whole sort of darkness um en envelops the, the the world um it just goes dark and the sirens at the bunker go off 
and the main character Dan is caught outside and has to run to catch the bunker doors before they they close and he was just describing how he's kind of got the sirens going and he's got a heartbeat going there and the bunker doors I just think oh I can't wait to hear this um, I really can't wait to hear it now um, the, the chap who's doing it I, I need to get his permission to, to give you his name you won't find a lot on online I think he's quite shy um, but I did say look please take some photos for me so I can start to tease this stuff and show people all about it and if you don't want to be in the photos just do them artistically where we can see your hand on a microphone or something like that but just so I can start to share this and get people as excited as I am but I I can't tell you how excited I am about this project now I'm not going to get all arsy about copyright and things like this because you know what? I don't care. It's like, you know, when people sort of say, I was seeing somebody today, so I'm just about to launch my podcast. How do I trademark the name? And I, I've launched enough stuff, you know, to know that um, if, you, if, you, if you disappear down the rabbit hole of the minutiae, like, you know, I'm not going to launch my podcast until I've got it trademarked. Now, I've trademarked a software. And let me tell you, it's a pain in the butt. All this stuff's a pain in the butt. Okay. Now, I... I can only see good coming because I've obviously, you know, clearly we've spoken. I've checked his work. You know, I, I know it's of a certain quality. I know he's reliable. He's not going to do anything pornographic with it or anything like that. You know, it's, it's in very safe hands is what I'm saying. And I have made those checks and we've talked. But um, if I get all arsy about um, rights and things like that, you know, this project's never going to get made. And my view is, is that all this could do is create more interest in my books, which frankly don't sell a lot anyway. You know, really, what, what, what harm can happen to it? And I see it as fan fiction or somebody creating in my worlds, uh, just like they would in, in Amazon. Is it Amazon? The thing they've just closed Amazon worlds, Amazon, wherever it is. Um, so I really don't object to it. It just, you know, it's not stealing my IP or anything like that. And, and my view is that if this chap is, you know, playing the music and he creates something great, all that could do is boost book sales for me. Um, I'm certainly not going to sell any less copies of it. Um, so I, I'm just, I just want to go with the flow because I can't tell you how exciting it is to have somebody working on a project like this and to sort of have your books turned into something artistic. So as soon as we can get anything that we can share, you know, we'll, I'll, I'll go for it, but, um, maybe a little extract or something like that. Uh, and when the photos are available, I'll let you know about that. But I'm really excited about it. I, you know, every time I get a progress report, I think, Oh, I can't wait to see this. Um, just one mention on Twitter this week. Tim Lewis has been for a walk. He was walking across the park on the way to see his mum in Watford. You've got more green there, Tim. I can see there's a, a very autumnal tree in the tweet that you've sent me. But there's a lot of green in that picture and a lot of blue sky too for the UK. So um, anyhow, I do enjoy uh, accompanying you on your walks. There's also, uh, I'm just looking at on the right hand side of that photo. It's on the show notes if you want to have a look. I've just noticed this now. There is the world's most dangerous, what well, I assume is the world's most dangerous cycle path. Have have a look at that cycle path at the bottom right-hand corner. There's a, a, a guy or a gal walking on the left-hand side. And, and really, they've made no effort to make that an easy ride. It's really bendy. So do have a look at that. I, I hadn't noticed that until I was just talking now. Incidentally, I interviewed Tim on, was it Monday we were chatting? Yeah, Tim, um, he's, he wrote three sci-fi books and two fantasy books and he's just moved to non-fiction he's written a non-fiction social media book so and he's also a, a podcast host like me so he talks to a lot of kind of marketing guys and gals and I've been really interested in how he's marketed this non-fiction book so I got him on for a take two interview and uh, Tim's interview uh, we had a lot of fun too the uh, the Patreon extras 
uh, are a lot of fun uh, when they go live on the 19th of November. But yeah, the interview's going live on the 19th of November. Okay, so that's it for this week. Um, my guest on Monday's show is John Evans, who is a first-time podcast interviewee. We've we've had a real run of first-timers on this podcast, and we've we've got more to come. So I'm the person who's interviewed them first ever time on a podcast, which is great. So I, I love this because we're we're breaking tomorrow's talent, you know, we're breaking new talent. And and I I've always sort of thought with this podcast that hopefully what I hope you're hearing on this podcast is the kind of mega sellers of tomorrow. That's what I hope you're hearing. And the, the kind of names that you hear on this podcast today are going to be the mega stars of next year or, you know, next two to three years. So um, and John Evans, who is my guest on Monday, is heading well and truly in that way. Uh, he had He's had really fast success this year, co-writing with his brother. They're making about uh, two, two, it's about two and a half thousand to three thousand pounds uh, a month from their books that's going to be enough for John with his half to stop working and just focus full-time on writing and I wanted to know how he did it so I got him on the podcast we've had a chat about that which is really fascinating I'm also interested to hear about co-writing because you know this is something that intrigues me and something that I've said that I won't do but um, you know co-writing with your brother's really quite a nice thing to do so I've dug into that as well uh, but really good interview with John and John's been really helpful um, giving me lots of information also about running Amazon ads in the UK and I wouldn't have had a clue how to do that without John's help so I'm very grateful for that that's coming up on episode number 125 of the self-publishing journeys podcast on Monday the 29th of October don't forget that special episode of Paul's podcast diary coming up next Saturday episode 250 have a fabulous week of writing I'll speak to you soon bye-bye for now thanks for listening to Paul's podcast diary Make sure you subscribe to the podcast feed to hear next week's update and find out how many words get produced over the next seven days. Until then, we hope you have a great week of writing.